So I'm sitting here live next to near 17 year old Rudy Poo. What's up, Rudy Poo? I know you're kind of grouchy today, but just like every day. And Rudy Poo, your table's a mess here. You got your hair everywhere, your cat food everywhere. You're even eating baby food right now. Yeah. Well, whatever you like, but did you know that you were actually named after the Rock's catchphrase, Rudy Pooh Candy Ass, and that's your full name? Yeah. Well, I know you don't like people to know that, but they know it now, so. Yeah. Well, anyways, it's been raining a lot, though. You've been staying dry, staying warm? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's it's nap time, I can tell. But uh just wanted to tell you Oh, uh, well that's nice of you to say. Well I wanted to tell you that I love you very much and uh I'm petting you right now. And um thanks for coming on Mitch Please. Love you too. What up, what up? Welcome to episode 20 of Mitch Please. Thank you very much for giving us a click. And we got a very special episode here today. Jason Allen is going to be on the show coming up. But right now, the hoes are laughing because I've got my brother from another mother joining us today for a very special segment. This man right here started it all with me back in the early 2000s. We used to do a little radio show. Back in 2010, we did a little thing called Free Cock Radio. Let me bring into the show right now. Let me welcome, first time ever here on Mitch Please, the master of the rooster booster, the one and only, The Roost. What up, Roost? Welcome to Mitch Please. Oh, thank you for having me, and I'm glad to be here. Oh yeah, man. It's uh it's been a while, man. You were gone for almost a decade. You're out in Texas, out in Florida, doing what only the roost can do. I mean, how was the experience? Oh, well, Texas was full of uh redneck assholes. Uh but you know, Florida was good. I encourage anybody who has the chance to go. I mean, just, you know, see it. Take it in. See the beaches. It's beautiful. Book a trip tonight. Do was, it. Was there some hot beaches? Oh, yeah, there was some very hot beaches. Good-looking beaches, big beaches, small beaches. And some very craggy beaches. <laughs> I got you, man. Now, hey, what we're going to do right now is we're going to talk about something that's very near and dear to both of our hearts. It's something that you got me into, actually. You're the reason why I'm the biggest Star Wars nerd. And it's all your fault. And really, you're one of the people that you know that knows more about Star Wars than just about anybody. So I figured I'd bring you in here, and we'd start this show off. And I just want to let everybody know right now. There has been an awakening.
have you? Because it's time right now. We're going to talk about it, Roos. we got so much to talk about, man. So much Star Wars history. So much knowledge you got for us. And uh, let's start it off right, man. What did you think of Rogue One? Well, you know, see, here's the thing. Rogue One, it was intense. But, you know, how, how do you take that in? It's, it's retelling a story that's already been told. But the thing is, I can appreciate about it, is they gave you a different aspect of it. It was the first time in Star Wars we saw how this war affected everyday people. And you don't get that. You know, you see Luke, you see Leia, you see Han. And you get a little bit of backstory. Yeah, Luke's a farm boy. Okay, he's on a, you know, desert planet. He wants to get away from his life. But... What you don't really see is there's these everyday people that, you know, make this world go round that you don't get to hear their story. And that's what Rogue One is. It's all about the characters, man. That's what people are drawn to about Star Wars is the is the awesome characters. And, and let's start with that main character, man, Luke Skywalker, right? I mean... What's going to happen? Because as The Force Awakens ended, you know, of course we see him and Rey, perhaps meeting for the first time, perhaps not. I mean, let's just ask you right now, man, is Luke Rey's father? Uh, well, see, here's the thing. <clears throat> if we go by the extended universe material, the source material we're given in the extended universe, it is a very good possibility she could be the offspring of Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade. That's a possibility, but it, there's so much mystery behind it. There is definitely a strong connection to the Star Wars family. I'm even willing to go as far as maybe say that she could be the offspring of Han and Leia as well. Or, you know, but we will just have to wait and see how this plays out. Well, the problem is, like, you know, Luke started training to be a Jedi at an older age and everything. But, I mean, the code of the Jedi is basically you can't be bapping. You know, so if Luke bapped, I mean, he basically disobeyed the Jedi Order. And uh, how, do you, how do you explain that? Well, you see, but here's the thing is we know Luke is not just the pure Jedi we think of when we think of the Jedi Order, such as Yoda. But what we see is actually Luke has given in to his hatred, his anger, and his feelings and emotion. You see that a lot when he confronts Vader. Each time he confronts Vader, he slowly gives more into that hatred, that anger, and that emotion. So, I mean, it is a possibility he is conflicted with it. So you think he took uh, someone to bed bap and beyond, and he gave in to his... Uh bapping urges and he bapped well I mean absolutely and I mean if the force guides us through all emotions and it is truly the prevailing force of what we strive to live with and it, it flows and guides our actions it wouldn't be too obscene or unrealistic to think that the force would not want us to pass on and and find another connection through the force 
especially of someone who is force sensitive to make that connection. I think what makes the Skywalker lineage the chosen lineage is the ability to genetically pass on that force material. Because as we do not see up until that point is Jedi are not born of natural causes. It's an inherent, you know, gift that just comes out of nowhere, essentially. But then with Anakin and Luke and Leia, their inheritance is this gene from their father, Anakin. I can only imagine what Bappen... I, I, I keep going back to the Bappen, but I can only imagine what the Bappen would be like with the Force, bro. I mean, can you imagine the amount of, uh, you know, techniques and positions you can get in if you're uh, skilled in the art of the Force? Well, here's the thing, though, too. Anakin was born not through Bappen. Anakin was born through the... Uh, Medichlorines or whatever the hell it's called? Yes, uh, the Medichlorians. He was like the virgin birth. But what you see is he is the only Jedi we have ever heard of through sexual reproduction has been able to pass on the ability of the Force. So, I mean, that has to do with something special, I'm sure. Yeah, and that's why I think that maybe that's how they'll explain, right? I don't know, man. What about Obi-Wan Kenobi? I mean, he's on Tatooine for quite a long time. You think he did some bapping? Well, I mean, they do in the Clone Wars series hint at the fact that Obi-Wan may have um, had a lover, but they don't go too much into detail of that. So, therefore, I mean, it is a possibility, but I'm not sure. I don't get that feeling. The Force isn't guiding me to that theory. Yeah. Well, and again, it goes back to the, the you know, the, the Jedi Code. Like, Obi-Wan, he's more of a Jedi, I would think, than Luke because he trained longer and everything and, and experienced more. But Well, but no, I have to disagree because if you look at the younger period of Obi-Wan and what we do see in the source material... Obi-Wan even admits himself, I was no different than he. He knows he was no different than Luke. He was an angsty teenager. He was whiny, and he did disobey the order. That's what we were talking about before this, man. You were telling me how all the, so many of the characters are just whiny bitches, you know, with all due respect, but I mean... Well, yeah, the Skywalker lineage in themselves are just angsty, whiny teenagers. You know, uh, Kylo Ren, he lashes out because he's not trained properly. He does not know how to harness his power. And he's just, he's so let down, you know. He has his father who's abandoned him and Leia whose responsibilities are more important. And he just lashes out at that. But then you have Luke, who didn't even know he had a father. Up until, you know, Empire. And he is just so angsty and whiny and hoping to get off this planet and full of hatred and just yearning for something more. And Anakin, he takes it to a whole nother level of just pure, raw emotion and just giving into that. And I think that's also the genetic connection between the Skywalkers. You know, even Leia said before Luke admitted he was her brother, she knew, she felt that connection. Yeah, it's like, no one knows who their daddy is, man. It's like, we gotta get Maury Povich involved here. Like, Anakin, Luke, now Ray. no one knows who their damn daddy is, you know what I mean? But, uh, 
it's just this is a great story, bro. We've been fans forever, and um, one of the guys you really like, and I thought never really got his just due, and, and really, you know, got enough time uh, invested in, in screen time and everything else and story was Boba Fett. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the whole original trilogy, Boba Fett has maybe five lines, but he is definitely the best character there is. Uh, you can't beat that armor. He's just got that suave demeanor about him. I mean, and, you know, there's so much mystery, and I think that's what appeals to most people is that mystery. And, you know, is giving us a Boba Fett story going to ruin that mystery and shatter that image we have about him? I got to disagree with you, man. Best character in Star Wars history is definitely Han Solo. Yeah, the guy who just up and abandons his family and kids. That's a good morally uplifting role model there. I've got to say, that's that's the Star Wars character I connect with the most. No, no. Well, I think he had his reasons, man. Maybe Leia was hooking up with Lando. You know what I mean? You never know what happened. No. Hopefully they'll get into that more, but... Um Going back to, to, to Force Awakens, and, and we're coming up here, uh, they finally, they named it. Uh, episode eight's going to be The Last Jedi. Now, a lot of people are freaking out. Oh, well, that means Luke's going to die. And it's like, I've never heard Jedi ever referred in a plural sense. So what do you think uh, the deal is behind that title? Well, you know, here's the thing is, <clears throat> you're absolutely right. Jedi is both plural and singular. So it's Jedi and Jedi. There are many... They're not Jedi... Jedis... Whatever the plural would be. They're Jedi. Jedos? Uh, but, you know... Uh, also, I think, you know... In a way, I do think Luke has to die. But I don't think that that means that, you know, that's the end. What I think that means is that with Luke's passing it's going to take away everything the old Jedi Order stood for you know their ways, their laws all of that and that ripping of him from Rey the person who has all the answers the knowledge, the power the instinct the, the only person she can be guided by and being left on her own the death of the old ways, that's going to give her the power she needs and the freedom she needs to walk that line of light and dark and become the gray Jedi she needs to be to take up this responsibility. I feel ya, I feel ya. Now let's talk about Darth Vader. Because Darth Vader to me is one of the best bad guys in the history of, of cinema. It's like, he's a big, black, badass. And I thought the best part of Rogue One, the whole time I'm sitting there waiting, I'm like, I just want to see Darth Vader pull out that damn red lightsaber and start slicing Mother Effus. And it finally happened. It took till damn near the end of the movie. It was the best part of the movie. But my question is, are they going to... Uh, are they going to elaborate and, and give you more about Darth Vader and, and why he's such a badass and why he is basically the probably one of the greatest Siths there ever was? And um, I mean, what do you think, man? You talk about the extended universe a lot, like uh, 
and we were just talking about before we hit record was was how he just you know he slaughtered children and that's really all they showed you having he, he slaughtered children and then obi-wan basically took him out you know cut him in half yeah i mean obi-wan made him his bitch and uh you know that's really sad because you get this huge hype about how much of a just great powerful jedi is he was this fantastic pilot in the Clone Wars just flying around taking out TIE fighters and blowing up the resistance and you know he was he was to a point in his lightsaber combat and force use he surpassed Mace Windu and Yoda and they didn't show that and I want to see more of that yeah, I definitely think that they they could do that. You know, you got the the Han Solo movie coming out uh, in uh, 2018. What do you think will be the next, uh, you know, a Star Wars story? Uh, you know that they do. Uh, well, you know, I really want to see an Obi Wan storyline. I want to see Disney take this to heart. I want to see Obi Wan developed on as a storyline. I want to see bring Ewan McGregor back. Okay. He's Obi-Wan. That's it. Uh, Boba Fett would also be good. Uh, maybe if they go the whole route, Mara Jade, uh, you know. What about some Jabba the Hutt? Oh, 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 oh. Uh, ah, oh, oh. Maybe a Hutt Jedi would be good. A uh, Jedi, bro. That'd be hilarious. I just want to see uh, someone put on that slave outfit again. That would, I think that would be interesting. But, uh, and here's another question I want to pose to you. Who is Snoke? Uh, you know, I've heard a million fan, fan theories, and I, I just, I, I, I don't know. You've probably found the one story question that I don't have an opinion on, because I just don't know. Uh, you know, people say it's Mace Windu. People say it's Plagueis. That's what I was going to say. Darth Plagueis. You know, when, when Palpatine talks about the, the Sith that can, uh, you know, save people's lives and bring people back from the dead. It's like, you know, is that Snoke? And then here's the other thing. You know, they show Snoke as this giant, you know, monstrous looking thing. I bet you he's a midget. Um... You know, I don't, I don't know. It's very good. Uh, it could be. Uh, but, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of people that are like, Bro, look at the scars, bro. It's Mace. Could be. Definitely could be, man. We're just going to have to wait and see. But I'm excited. I mean, we're, so, we're still like nine months away from episode eight. But um, it's going to happen. We're going to go see it. You know what I mean? And uh, I'm excited because me and you've seen every single Star Wars in that's, theaters together, except for the last two. And that's very true. Even when they remade it in the '90s and they did the special edition, we waited hours on end to be the first one in lines to see it in the theaters. And that man, but the Last Jedi comes out on my birthday, your birthday. Uh, we're gonna do it one way or another. We're gonna do it. And what about Darth Maul? Like, that's a guy that really... You talk about Boba Fett not getting his just due, man. Darth Maul really got the shaft, I thought. Uh, yeah, and, you know, that's one of the things I can appreciate with 
Rebels is they have gone into the Darth Maul Obi-Wan storyline of what happens and how much that hatred is there and that deep-rooted will to destroy Obi-Wan. And I want to see more of that. I would like to see another live action. You know, I'd like to see, you know... Darth Maul come out with the mechanical legs and be like, Obi-Wan, I'm going to make you my bitch. So I saw him like in a wheelchair or something on the cartoon. Is that right? Does that happen? No, it's, uh, he has mechanical legs. It's kind of like a spider type thing. I'll pull up an image here in a minute and show you. Okay, okay. No, I, I remember seeing it. The kids, uh, my girl's kids watch, uh, watch the Rebels and stuff and the Clone Wars. And, sp you know, speaking of the girls, my girl... Uh, in particular, man, her favorite character, and I think he's one of the more lovable characters in the movie, would be the one and only Chewbacca. That's my guy, man. So what do, what do you think about Chewbacca? Uh, has the best dialogue in the entire series. I mean, who else do you know whose every line is... I mean, come on, it's just, it's classic. You know, if you do, go, I encourage you, go in the middle of Chico Mall next weekend when there's a crowd of people and do that noise and just go and see what happens. See, everybody knows it. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, you know, and he's got his, his crossbow, man, was a deadly ass weapon in the last movie. When uh, when Han Solo was killed, man, uh, Chewbacca pulled out that crossbow and almost and just went to town. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens, man. I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show and having this little talk with me, Roost. Oh, well, absolutely, anytime, man. We're gonna get you back on. Maybe when the movie comes out, we'll come back and, and we'll talk about everything and how everything went down. And uh, until then, man, can I get one more bacock? So I'm sitting here live with a guy whose life I, I might have ruined a little bit. This guy's helped me so much uh, over the years. He's actually helped with this very show, Mitch Please. He's he's helped me edit a few shows. He's been a part of some comedy shows. Going to be a part of a comedy show going on this Friday at Shenanigans. Welcome to the show, Jason Allen. Yeah, I'm glad glad to be here. Thank you, sir. Oh man, thanks for thanks for coming on the show, man. I figured you're a guy that uh, has a story and uh, and a story that maybe not a lot of people have heard. So uh, let's get right into it, man. What? Where did Jason Allen grow up? Uh, Jason Allen did the primarily part of his growing up in Corning, uh, not too far from here. Uh, graduated high school there uh, uh, in the '80s, sometime '89, <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, no, I have uh, I, I grew up there. Um, Still in contact with a lot of people from from Corning. Uh, we're we're very close in it that way. We uh, you know a small town, um, just a lot of people still keeping track of each other's business to this very day. <laughs> yeah, man. No, Corning is a small town. I'm from a small town too, Paradise. And like Corning's a town that like I always drove through on the way to Reading or the way back. And it's like there's not a lot going on over there. It looked like to me. I mean, what did you do? Over uh, there. Well, I, I worked at the truck stop, which is like a huge part of our industry, as well as olives, of course. Uh, so, you know, are your choices were either the olive pit or or a truck stop growing up to work <laughs> as a, as a, as a teenager. So, um, I did that, and uh, you know, when I was when I was there, it was like I think the the population was like fifty five hundred people.
people. Yeah. And uh, I moved there in the seventh grade, so like a lot of the kids there had been growing to, growing up together since kindergarten. So I'm still the new kid. Where were you born, and where did you originally from? Uh, originally from the uh, Portland, Oregon area. I was born in Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Washington. Uh, I was there till about six. Uh, then I moved to Sacramento, and then from Sacramento I moved to Orland, and lived in Orland for four years, so I have people over there too, and, uh, and then Corning. And then up in Corning, man, yeah, all over the place. Yeah, no, just like just like me, man, I, I kind of jumped around at a younger age. And then, like, you know, growing up, you said seventh grade, you moved to Corning, so you're like early teenager. What were some, who were some of your inspirations growing up? Growing up, uh, well, uh, big, big shout out to my stepfather who, who took us in. Uh, and when, when, uh, when we moved there, uh, we literally came to Corning, uh, in the vehicle we drove in and the clothes on our backs. In fact, my, my baby brother was wearing my shirt, so I didn't even have clothes on my back. That's, that's literally how it was. Um, my mom, uh, also she, uh, she ran from an abusive situation with four kids uh, by ourselves from Washington State uh, down here to Corning, uh, and, uh, and huge, huge influences on my life to this day. So your mom, man, definitely, and your stepfather, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know, I, you know, even back then, I was never really big, a big celebrity guy. You know, just I mean, they're a great for entertaining me, but I've never really, never really looked up to them per se. So there was never like any comedians or or actors or or you know sports uh, stars that that kind of caught your attention and said ah I kind of kind of admire that guy I want to be kind of like that guy uh, or girl. Well, you know there was there was a guy who played for the Dodgers uh, back in the seventies and eighties. His name is Steve Garvey, undersized first baseman who could hit. Uh, and I wanted to be Steve Garvey, but I I I did play little league for a few years and uh, just was not that talented, so it didn't work out, which was fine. But I, I had a lot of fun doing it, so it was good. Did you get involved in anything else, man, like theater or anything like that in like high school? Uh, in high school, not so much. I mean, Corning High, there you know at that time there really wasn't a lot uh, going on, and I I, I, would, I didn't really get in, interested in comedy and stage and that until really in the last few years. Um, it's just kind of something that fell in my lap, and uh, uh, kind of interesting how I got into it. I, I literally uh, got signed up on a dare from a from a friend of mine, um, Ash Daniels. I, I will blame her for this <laughs> to the day I die. Um, you know, we uh, we went we went down to the down low after a uh, after a Super Bowl. Uh, it was a Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, we'd had a few pitchers of beer to drink, <laughs> and uh, we decided to stumble on down to the download for the Sunday night open mic, which was uh, hosted by Will Craig at the time, and there was like four people on the sheet that night, so uh, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a short night, and my friend says, well, not for long, and puts my name on it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I was, I was too drunk to resist, honestly. Uh, so I went up there, and uh, I only got like two or three laughs, but it was enough. That's That, that hooked me. And, uh, you know, uh, Don Ashby, before I think on your show, uh, refers to the laugh uh, as, a, as the drug. Right. When uh, when you know when you get when you get that rush from people laughing at your stuff, it's it's definitely is a drug. It's a rush, and that's what I think. That's what we all go for. Yeah. No man. Reactions. You know what I mean? Like like you know I'm not very talented as a comedian yet. I'm still putting. In, I'm still got to put the work in it if it's what I want to do. But I know just like in general as a performer. Getting a reaction, getting a reaction is just yeah, it's a drug, man, no doubt. So, what brought you to Chico? 
Uh, school. Um, this is actually kind of my second stint here in Chico. I first moved here right out of high school um, in 1990. Went to go went to go to school. Study. I wanted to study business and uh, and that sort of thing. But um, I put in a couple of years, and then uh, I fell into a career with uh, with a with a local store, Winco Foods, mm. and uh, made really 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 good money there. So I, I I was actually making more money than a lot of college graduates did. So I stuck with it. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my original me reason for moving here was school. So you went to Chico State? Um, just Butte College mostly. Okay. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I moved here for school. I lived here for 10 years throughout all of the nineties and then I moved away, um, got promoted with Winco, started a family, uh, ended up in Reno for a while. Uh, then I lived in Sacramento for eight years and then kind of, uh, my family and I, parted ways unfortunately and i came home back to chico in 2000 so or 2010 excuse me so 2010 man yeah. okay all righty so and then you got into comedy uh you know you said you after a super bowl do you remember the year like was it uh it was uh four years ago now so it was after uh, the niners and uh ravens in fact after the niners got smashed yeah it was a fun great a great game <laughs> great game loved it yeah, me too, man. Actually, I'm not. I'm a Rams fan. So, are you a Panthers fan? Yeah, yeah, I am. I've got in on the ground floor. Uh, I got into them because uh, uh, the first year they were in the league, they were in the same division as the 49ers, and uh, they were an expansion team that beat the Niners both times back when the Niners were really high on the hog. So I, I, I kind of, I, I was like, I can get behind these guys. Yeah, no, I remember that. My buddy Mike Shoot, man, he's a big part of uh, this show as well. Does a lot of graphic work. He's a big Panther fan too. So oh, I didn't know there was. I thought I was the only one. <laughs> oh, you, I think you're the only two in Chico. But um, but yeah, and rough rough time for them, man. They got to the Super Bowl, but a couple times now, but they've unable to capture that first championship. But anyways, man. So okay, so you've been in Chico. I've uh, been back. And uh, I was asking you, I, I can't remember, I was thinking about this when I was driving over here. How did me and you meet? How did we meet? Um, I want to say we met through a mutual friend. Uh, I want to say either Teresa or uh, Matt or Ezekiel. Um, kind of that kind of that circle, I think. Yeah, because I can't, I can't really remember, except for, I, you know, of course, I want to talk about the studio in. I think that's where we met, actually. I'm not sure, but I remember you, uh, you actually... Uh, started the the open mic at the studio, and is that right? That's true. That's absolutely right. Um, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Amy Helen. I'm, I'm I'm sure you know who she is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, her and I went in there. Um, we <laughs> we uh, were going to go uh, to the final open mic at the down low. Uh, they don't do the comedy down there anymore, but we they had like the final you know hurrah going away thing and. Uh, on the way there, it was uh, determined that Amy was not going to be able to perform there due to some <laughs> inflammatory comments she made on Facebook about the downloads. So we decided to go to the studio in. And uh, yeah, no, uh, I, I tell you what, man, the download for me, like when I'd go there, I didn't really. Uh, I didn't feel the vibe there, man. I felt like it was a bunch of people playing pool and much respect to the download for giving, you know, all the guys the opportunity there. But I just felt like, uh, it just, you know, to be honest, my favorite place in Chico so far that I've like been able to go on stage is the studio in. And I thought you did an awesome job hosting it, man. So, I mean, what happened? Did you go in there and like talk to the owners? Um, 
I, I was just starting to tell the story, and I totally, totally messed it up. Um, what actually happened is I did, in fact, go in there with Amy, but it was a completely different night. Um, uh, we went in there, uh, it was uh, right before the holidays, and uh, we just happened to be sitting in the studio and drinking whiskey. Uh, got really, really drunk one night, and I just decided to blurtly blurt out to the bartender, you know, it'd be really cool if we could get comedy in your bar. And uh, that's literally what happened. So she's like, you know what? Talk to me after the holidays. We'll we'll work this out. And I, I and I was like, definitely. Which normally you don't want to say that word when you're drinking because because people never follow through on anything if you ever use that word. Trust me on that one. Okay. Uh, so uh, so sure enough, I went back there in there after the holidays. And they're like, yeah, you still want to do some comedy in here? I'm like, yeah, okay. Um, so they arranged the meeting with the owner, and uh, the owner uh, Ed Burns was really awesome. He bought all the PA equipment specifically for that um let us do our thing uh we've been doing it for almost three years now um yeah uh they've been really really great to us it was it was it was, it was a shame i had to step away for for work uh but travis dowdy's doing a fantastic job there uh holding the fort down so it's been great yeah he is man no shout out to travis dowdy for keeping it going and shout out to ed burns man actually my mom worked for ed burns in the 90s at uh jb's and then yeah. i worked for ed burns at quackers um and then uh you know and now here we are he's still still doing the damn thing man and, and the studio in is uh is great every wednesday night you know sign up at eight uh go live at nine and um yeah man so what I remember also at the studio in was the night that we roasted you. I think it was one of your last nights. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, what do you remember? Somebody remembers. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a horrible performance. I can't. I'm, I'm, God, I hope it's not documented out there anywhere. But um, what are some of your memories of your roast, bro? Uh, uh, like I like I just alluded to. I don't remember much. I I remember being roasted. Um, I remember everybody bringing a shot of freaking whiskey every single time they came up, and uh, there was about a dozen people that came up and roasted. It was a, it was a, it was a great night. Um, do you remember taking the microphone into the? I think it might have been the the, the ladies' bathroom, and uh, getting some assistance in there, and going live and broadcasting live, basically from the bathroom at the studio to end uh, the show. You know what? I I uh, <laughs> I actually don't remember actually doing this. I was about to say that. Uh, I blacked out at the point where I was being introduced to do the final set of the night. Um, but it, it makes all the sense. I've always wanted to do something where I went into the ladies' room at the studio in and used the bidet that they have. Uh, so apparently I, I went ahead and did that. Dreams come true Woo! at the studio in, man. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about this, man. You you got a... Uh... I remember you were talking about how, how you loved improv and you had a group of people uh, that you guys were rehearsing and you guys wanted to put something together and you guys did put something together and it's the Cousin Cephas Project and you had your first show, I feel like it was, uh, was it back in no, October? October, correct. Yeah, at the, uh, at the Women's Club um, over there on 3rd and Pine. Uh, f phenomenal show and a lot of work going into it. Um, I, uh, you know, going back to the origin of where, where that came from, um, I've been wanting to put, get some improv back in Chico for years. Uh, there was a group that did it for a while, but that was probably about four years ago now. And, uh, I was just kind of tooling around on Facebook and, and a friend of mine, Casey was like, I would really like to attend some improv practices sometime. I'm like, 
hmm, let me see if I can make that happen. So um, I put out an open call to people who were interested in perhaps performing some improv, doing some shows down the line. And we had about 25 people interested in doing it. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's uh, let's do this. So I, I scheduled the first practice, and out of those 25 people, about uh, 12 showed up <laughs> in typical Chico fashion. Uh, and uh, we talked about the mission statement. Our mission statement was to actually do shows on a regular basis and get good and work hard. And uh, from the original 12, we, can, we whittled our way down to six people that are with us now. Uh, actually, we're down to five now. Um, we are the Cousin Cephas Improv Project. We do shows. We are doing two shows uh, in the coming months. Um, one April 12th at the Maltese and one uh, just announced uh, May 20th at the 1078 Gallery. Nice, man. And uh, now who's the crew? I know you got Eve Hamilton, Hank Duke, Nick Stiles. Uh, who else? Uh, we got Chaz Kelly, uh, the professor. Uh, we've got uh, Annie Fisher, who has mm. done improv in yeah. the past. Uh, Big fan of Annie Fisher, man. And and uh, we also have, uh, as you mentioned, Eve Hamilton and Nick Styles and myself. Drew McKillicuddy is still with us. He's going to do one more show with us, but he is moving on to other things, and we wish him very, very well. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I really, really wanted to make that show in October. I was kept messaging about tickets. I was like, I got to be there. And then I uh, just, I can't even remember what happened. Something came up that day and I just, I wasn't able to make it. But April 12th, Maltese, definitely want to check that out. Encourage everybody to go check that out. How much are tickets? Tickets, it's, it's actually going to be a cover charge, $5 at the door. Not bad, not bad. Five dollars at the door. Can't beat that, man. And uh, for more information, is there like there's like a Facebook page? Yeah, we have our own Facebook page. Uh, just look up the Cousin Cephas Improv Project on Facebook. Uh, you can even uh, look on our individual pages if you're so inclined. Uh, but yeah, it's a very very fun show. Each show is different. Uh, it's, it's the nature of the improv beast. So you you're never going to see the same show twice, literally. Yeah, no, definitely, man. And I've. Uh, wasn't able to make your guys' debut show, like I said, but I ha- I was able to catch a little bit about what you guys are about at the uh, Hank Duke Variety Show. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah, because we have uh, <laughs> we uh, just a couple weeks ago, man. We got to get up there on stage together, basically for the first time, do a little performance. Uh, you know, you were the referee in the Thumb WrestleMania uh, event, and. Uh, I'd like to say you kind of screwed me over. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's what happens. <laughs> no. Yeah. no, I mean you didn't see the low blow, and and you know you fast count. I mean, no, <laughs> just what what was your uh, what was your overall like uh, opinion, and and how did it feel that night going out there and performing, doing something different, right? Like I don't think you've ever been a part of a thumb wrestling match before, uh, you know, uh, or have you? No, that's actually <laughs> been my very first time, surprisingly enough. Uh, no, uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we we didn't have a lot of time to. Really Really work on the bit itself, but it, it seemed together. It, it came together really perfectly. The chaos was 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 right where it needed to be, and uh, the the crowd was the crowd was really into it, which was really really awesome. Uh, yeah, that was the goal. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, when Hank Duke said, "All right, we're going to go first. We're going to start the show," I said, "Ah, oh, it's my favorite thing to do is to start a show because you you set the bar." You know yeah. what I mean? And I felt like, yeah, I got a couple of feedbacks. I got you know it's the most violent thumb wrestling match I'd ever seen, <laughs> and then the first time I've ever been a part of an event where the crowd was chanting "ass slut." So uh, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't even know that was a word, but whatever, cool. I mean, you know. 
What if, if we can start trends like like the word like like that word? Then let's do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was it was a great time, man. And another great time was uh, the first time we actually worked at an event together. We weren't on stage together much because it was an actual stand-up comedy show at the Cantina. And I know this is a history-making night for you. And uh, I've heard you talk about it on stage a little bit, man. We've got uh, stand-up comedy at Shenanigans going on this Friday, but bringing it back, the last comedy show that I promoted was the one that you were at, Comedy at the Cantina, Paradise, California. It was like December 10th, 2015. What are your memories? Well, uh, um, I, I uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I drove up there. Uh, that's kind of a vital part of the story. Uh, I drove up there and uh, did my set and whatever. And uh, as what happens at a lot of comedy shows, uh, the, the the spirits do flow. And uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Valentine here was very, very generous with, with the shots that night. So uh, I uh, I was I drove home from that with uh, with Mr. Don Ashby and uh, we made a stop over at uh, the the Seven Eleven uh, not far from my house to grab more alcohol and uh, pulling out of Seven Eleven I got pulled over and uh, got got my DUI um, which is not funny but uh, I happen to live about a block away from the police station. And I asked them to just like like process me there so I could walk home the block to my house, and they wouldn't do it. They uh, decided to ship me to Oroville anyway, and uh, so I got to actually watch my house from the back of a van. It was uh, not not fun, uh, but yeah, uh, you you changed my life. You, you you really did. I know, man. I feel bad about it. I mean, DUIs are not fun, man. Let's let's talk about it here on on Mitch. We've never we've never had a DUI conversation on the show. It's like when I was eighteen, man. Um, I got a funny story. I'm gonna share this story with you. I don't know this this. I think you're gonna I think you're gonna enjoy this because I feel somewhat responsible for for giving you the drinks. I didn't know you were driving. I really didn't, and I don't really remember much about that night because I was very intoxicated. But let me tell you my DUI story from when I was eighteen years old back in two thousand six. I was drinking black velvet whiskey with my buddies, and uh, I was going to see my girlfriend, and I dropped him off. I go see my girl, She and I knew she had something going on with her trainer at the gym. So he's there in the house with her. I'm like, oh, hell no, right? 18-year-old kid. This trainer's twice my size. He's like 35. I'm pounding on the door. I'm like, get out here, you know? They, they won't come outside. So I bounce out of there, pick up my buddies. We go driving around. We stop at this guy's gym. My buddy breaks a window, and we get out of there. We get stuck in a ditch getting out of there. I got to get out of the truck, push the truck out of the ditch somehow. We go flying down the road. Phones go flying out the window. People are pissing out the window. And then somehow, way, I honk my horn, and my horn wire gets stuck on. And then I tell my buddy, hey, man, get out, clip the, clip the horn wire, you know what I mean? He gets out, he clips the horn wire, and he clips the taillights. So then we get pulled over. I'm like, oh, shit, you know what I mean? I'm chewing gum, I'm throwing the bottle under the seat, you know? And the cop's like, all right, you know, need you to step outside. I'm like, oh, shit, this is not good. But he's like, well, I just need you to sign this ticket, you know what I mean? Your taillights are bad. I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, you know, we're going to fix them right now. You know, and so then we leave, we get let go, we leave, we end up, uh, you know, getting a, find out about a party in Oroville, of all places. We drive to Oroville with no taillights, but of course, first we stop and get some road beers, drive all the way to Oroville, get to this house, drink more, and then on my way from leaving that house to another 
party or something, I end up crashing into a parked van, which also collided into a garage. And uh, the cops said I failed the field sobriety test, if you can believe that. So that's my DUI story, man. They're not fun. I'm probably still owe money on it. You know what I mean? It, it's hell. So I feel you on that, and I feel bad, bro. And I, and I know you're, you're, you've come out of it just fine. You know what I mean? You're going to be all right. And uh, you're going to be performing this Friday, man. Are, are you ready? Uh, shenanigans. The first time they've ever had stand-up comedy there. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be Don Ashby. It's going to be Sidney Hupp. It's going to be Scott Powers. My wrestling trainer, Zach Reeves going to be making a stand-up comedy debut, and Mark Leathers is going to be headlining, and Jason Allen. Are you ready to rock and roll? No no drinking and driving this time. Uh, no, it's going to be weird. I'm going to be doing a sober set, which I haven't done in a really long time. Uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Shenanigans. Uh, like, I think it's the very first comedy show they've ever had there, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of that. I, mean, I can't wait. Me too, man. I'm excited, and uh, I'm, I'm glad you're going to be there, like I said. And uh, but before we end the show, man, um, maybe you could like tell me some of your favorite things about Chico. Uh, like you said, you, you were here in the 90s, you left, you, you had a family, that didn't work out, you came back. You're, you're one of the guys that everyone I know talks about and says, oh, this is a great guy, and everyone enjoys being around you. Um, what's your favorite thing about this town of Chico? You know, I gotta say, you know, compared to most places I've lived, it's it's just the people. You know, very friendly people here. Um, it's a, it's a place where you walk down the street, and if you don't make eye co- contact and say hi, hi to somebody, something's wrong with you. <laughs> Whereas anywhere else, if you make eye contact and say hi to somebody, then something's wrong with you for doing that. You know, so it's 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 a it's a great vibe here, and uh, you know, it, it's the perfect size. It's not too big. It's not too small. That's um, what she said. Yeah, um, she sure did. Boy, I tell you. Yeah, no, but uh, no, it's it's just the people. I think um, more than anything else. Um, I, I no, I feel you, man. Yeah. Good people, good environment. Uh, great guest here, Jason Allen, man. Before we get out of here, uh, anything you'd like to? You, you, we talked about cousin Cephas going on April twelfth, uh, Maltese next event. Of course, you're going to be performing this Friday. I can't say it enough. Shenanigans going down. Tickets are only ten bucks. Get them now; they're almost sold out. Um, where can people find more out about Jason Allen? Uh, well, let's see. Um, I'm on Facebook. You can look me up individually. You can also look up the Cousin Cephas Improv Project. I will also be appearing on television again on the Big Ben's movie show on uh, Cable Access Channel 11. Uh, we're, we're filming that again on Wednesday. It'll be my second appearance there. Um, what, a- what day, when does that air? Uh, not sure yet. Uh, it, it can also be found on uh, YouTube as well, uh, which I always post. Um, but also, yeah, like I said, uh, Cousin Cephas uh, is happening. And uh, this Friday at Shenanigans, so I'm on full plate right now. It's kind of nice. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Um, March twelfth, uh, I will be appearing yet again on the Hank Duke Good Time Variety Hour, the Sham Rockin' Edition. Yes, can't wait for that, man. I deserve a rematch. I think for my Thumb Wrestling Championship. By the way, what do you think? Oh. You're an official. Well, let's see. Uh, Article four, section five, subset four. Uh, Amendment B states that you can, in fact, challenge challenge the champion at any given time on your terms. So bring it on. <laughs> awesome, man. All right, Jason Allen. Uh, thanks for coming on the show, bro. And uh, let's do it big on Friday. And uh, best of luck with everything else you got going on, man. Let's do this. And uh, I appreciate you having me on, Mitch. Thank you very much, my friend. True class act right there, no doubt. And make sure you guys check out the Cousin Cephas Project and the Hank Duke Variety Hour at the Maltese. All the open mics going on in Chico. And of course, 
this Friday. Pro Championship Entertainment. Stand-up comedy at Shenanigans. Jason Allen's going to be there. Don Ashby, Sidney Hupp, Scott Powers, Eve Hamilton, my wrestling trainer Zach Primetime Reeves going to be making his stand-up comedy debut, and your headliner Mark Leathers. There's uh, only a few tickets left, guys, so I mean, get them right now. I'm not even playing around. Call me, 530-990-8588. I've literally got a handful of tickets left. And uh, make sure you guys follow Pro Championship Entertainment on Facebook. Make sure you guys follow at PCE since 2015 on Twitter. And don't miss it. This Friday night, 8 o'clock, shenanigans, 3312 Esplanade, Chico, California. It's going to be an awesome show. I'm super duper excited about it and as far as pro championship wrestling goes i wanted to touch on that you know um last show in january i was talking about last man standing and last man standing was a fantastic event you know i was able to go out there and uh, call all the action with ryan piles uh, of course the big 30-man rumble was uh was a sight to see no doubt it was probably the most fun i've ever had on commentary i, I was a little worried about all the chaos and stuff but man it just made it a better uh, it just made it a, a more fun experience. It, it was wild. And uh, you can check all that stuff out on the YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube.com slash PCW Pro Wrestling. And it looks like uh, Pro Championship Wrestling Work Farm Wars was scheduled to go on this Saturday, uh, February 18th. But I'm not sure. We might have to reschedule with all the... Uh, with all the chaos, with the evacuations going on in Orville and the and the dam and the spillway and the erosion, I don't even know what that means. But no, it's uh, it's a, it's a sad thing, and, and I'm glad nobody seems to have gotten hurt or or you know not too much uh, damage has been done. So that's a good thing, and um, you know, stay tuned on. Pro Championship Wrestling on Facebook at PCW since 1999 on Twitter. Uh, for all updates and further information on what's going on with Pro Championship Wrestling. But again, one last sales pitch for you guys. Pro Championship Entertainment is going on this Friday. You don't want to miss it. And I appreciate everyone that listens to this show, of course. Mitch Please Podcast. You can find it on Facebook. You can uh, go. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash themitchvalentine. Every episode of Mitch Please matches, promos, you know, stand-up comedy, and so much more. So uh, I'm getting geared up. I'm getting pumped up. Pro Championship Entertainment, if I haven't said it enough, it's going down. I- I'm just, uh, I just can't wait. So until then, you've been listening to Mitch, please, and thank you. <laughs>